Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Live. We are here on the first Friday of Lent. I am one of your co-hosts, Karen Gibas, along with my amazing and... I, I would just have to say downright obliging co-host of Father Brian Christensen. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for that introduction. What do you want from me today? <laughs> I see this is the reason why you're on the air. I've already asked, and you said yes. You you not only answered the call to the priesthood, but you answered the call to be a host on Real Presence Live. Yeah, Karen called me out in a public forum to commit to at least once a month here on Real Presence for Radio. For a whole year. For a whole year. And, you know, when you have what, a room of four, three hundred people looking yeah. at you? You say yes. You say yes. <laughs> and then you say, Karen, we need to talk about this. <laughs> no, good morning. It's good to have everybody here on this Friday in Lent. Um, it's amazing that uh, today's Mass, right? The church prays that we would have the strength to continue the bodily observances we have begun. I mean, the church knows that we need God's grace, even in day three. Right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat. So, well, we have a great show lined up here. We're broadcasting live from the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help here in Rapid City, South Dakota. And it is, once again, a beautiful sunny day here in the Black Hills. It is. Maybe a little chilly, but beautiful nonetheless. It's warmer than it has been. It's warmer than um, some people are experiencing today, for sure. So. Yes. Father, do you want to start us off in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we give you thanks and praise for uh, this Lenten season. Uh, this season of prayer and fasting, works of charity, um, that we may be open to the many graces you wish to give to us. That we may turn aside uh, from um, all that hinders us, obstacles uh, and distractions, and be joined more fully into the life uh, that you promise us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Guide us today, uh, especially through the intercession of our Mother Mary and St. Joseph. We ask you to lead us to the most sacred heart of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, let's go right into our first interview. We have joining us today, Kevin Wells. And Kevin, are you there? I am here. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to join us here on Real Presence Live. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Sure, I can. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. It, it, uh, Karen and Father Brian, it's uh, wonderful to be talking to the good folks up in uh, South Dakota and all those other states. I um, So I guess for starters, I'm kind of, uh, I'm all over the map. I, I, um, I'm i a Catholic author. Of, uh, I've, I've written three books. I, I guess the latest will be out in May. Uh, a book called Priest and Beggar. Ignatius Press is going to release it. It's on the story of Aloysius Schwartz, but uh, I've also been a uh, Major League Baseball writer. I was a professional journalist for several years, and, and I, I was also for a long time um, in the family business, which was uh, commercial masonry contract. And so I've been all over the map. 
That is, yes, all over the map. Like throw a dart and, you know, you'll hit something that you've been doing. (laughs) So you are this year's guest speaker for the Men We Need Conference. And that is happening in March here in Rapid City at Terra Sancta. Um, First of all, are you excited to come here to the glorious state of South Dakota? (laughs) I cannot wait. I am tired of the Zoom talks and Zoom conferences. I don't. I just don't want to say that word again. So the fact that South Carol, South Dakota, sorry, uh, <laughs> sort of cowboyed off and they said we don't care. Get up here. We, we want you live in concert. It's. Uh, it really. It's. Uh, it, it was very heartening to me, and I can't wait. So this conference, the men we need. What is it going to be about? I mean, I, obviously it's going to be geared towards men. But what are some of the key points that you're going to be talking about during this presentation? Well, Karen, I, I think it's time for candor in American Catholicism, and, and uh, sadly, we've lacked we've lacked men. We've lacked uh, sort of that paternal role, um, that fathering, and we've seen it everywhere. We've seen it in chanceries. We've seen it in, in homes. We've seen it in rectories. We, in a certain way, we've been orphaned um, by some of our spiritual leaders. We, you know, we, we saw it in, in, in several ways with. When the pandemic hit almost a year ago today, where, where the sacraments were shut down and the mass was shut down, and in a lot of ways, men just kind of um, um, softened. And, and I think when we see it with our leaders, oftentimes we, we, we become disheartened and we sort of lose faith. And, but, but we know as we look to God, as we look to Christ, and really in this year, as we look to St. Joseph, we know we were called to be men. So, so I guess to answer your question, Karen, you know, what, what I hope to propose is, um, is the fact that if we want to be a man today, it, it's going to demand a certain amount of fearlessness, a certain amount of um, sort of a desire to go deeper into prayer, to the uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, to, to taking on mortification, to sort of take on that ascetical lifestyle on a daily basis, not just during Lent. It's really just saying we have a family, we have wives, and it is our duty to do whatever we can to take them with us to heaven. Uh, it's just kind of manning up, and it's, it's, it's not cliche. It, it's very real. Uh, we, we, we need strong men today desperately. Kevin, this is uh, Father Brian Christensen. Great to have you on the show with us. And we do look forward to you coming here uh, at the end of March for the Men We Need conference. Um, as you talk about the th- the things that we not need to see in men and Catholic men in the church today, both laymen and priests and our bishops. Um, can you trace a little bit about the background? How did we get here? How did we get here? Well, Father, I, I think uh, I think it goes back really to to what we just talked about. I I, I think in a certain way, in the early seventies, there was there was sort of a misreading of what the Catholic Church has always been for 2,000 years. It, it has been strong. It, it has been undaunted. It, it is known that it has stood on giants, on saints, on church doctors, on martyrs. It has stood on uh, unbending truths. And, and I do think through, due to, I guess, misreadings or misapplications of Vatican II, that there was a certain, and, and Father, I'm going to say it, a certain effeminacy entered uh, rectories, uh, entered seminaries tragically, uh, entered chanceries. And, and I think, Father, you know, as I mentioned, I think oftentimes when that sort of spills out into the, into the culture, into society, we sort of look and we say, oh, oh, there's a, there's a softer version of manhood now. So, 
so, and Father, as you and I both know, you know, if we're going to, to, to sort of walk into the world um, and, and, and do our part as Christ would have us to, it demands a, it's a cost. It demands a certain self-denial, and, and I think we've softened. I think we've, we've, we've sort of said to ourselves to a certain degree, you know what, I don't want to walk into that, uh, that sort of self-chosen abnegation or renunciation or, or sort of that, uh, that denial of my comfort. And, and it's a tragedy, and, and, and we, know, we know that if we're going to sort of identify with Christ, we, we know that Christ slept under the stars as a poor man. You know, he was a starved man from the cross. And, and if we want to emulate Christ and as Catholics or Christian men, we, we need to, we need to, uh, to suffer some. And, and I, I think that's what, what our world needs right now. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Wells. Uh, he's going to be the speaker here in Rapid City for the Men We Need conference here at the end of March, March 27th. And we're excited to welcome you here to the Black Hills. Um, what can you describe what kind of motivated you to move into this area? I mean, with your, the different backgrounds that you had, what kind of was the spark that said, I need to speak out with regard to the Catholic Church, with regard to priesthood in the Catholic Church, with manhood, um, and being men of God, men of Christ in the Church? How did that develop in your own personal life to lead you to write these books, to become this really proponent uh, of authentic masculinity in the life of the Catholic Church? Father, that's, that's a very easy question to answer. Um, I, I would guess seven, eight, nine years ago, I started to see at Mass, um, from behind the ambo, priests that seemed to me were contracepting 2,000 years of sacred truth, sacred tradition. They would not speak of the need to get to confession. They would not speak of what was paralyzing the culture as far as you know, uh, really, homosexuality, gender, et cetera. The, t- the tougher topics, they just kind of killed it. They wouldn't. And I said, man, you know, my kids are at Mass every day, and they're not hearing of the reality that's outside the doors. They, they're not telling my kids and me or my wife, you know, that we should strive for a life of virtue, uh, that, that we should be praying the daily rosary as a family, that we, if we can, maybe just hit a family holy hour once a week or whatever. So after a while, I just kind of said, man, I, I'd really like to, to write a letter or, or, or write an article to priests about what, what I hunger for. It, anyway, Father, what happened was it, it led to a book that came out a year and a half ago. It's called The Priests We Need to Save the Church. Um, and, Father, I'll tell you, um, seminary rectors, bishops, priests from all over, not only the country, but the world, read this plea. It was sort of just a plea that I made that asking or, or begging priests, please be my father now. <laughs> You know, mm. I need your help. I need I need your leadership. In a certain sense, I can't become holy. I can't be courageous unless you show me courage and holiness. So, um, so that kind of spins into to uh, you know we as lay as lay men, we need to be just as strong as the priest. We need to encourage our priest. We need to pray for our priest. So, so that I guess that hopefully answers the question. You know, thank you so much for that, Kevin. And I would just like to say, as a mom of eight. Um, I appreciate that more than you can realize because I'm in the pews going, I have my four oldest boys, um, granted they are um, 19 and younger, but they are discerning religious vocations. And they looked to the priest for the example of what it is to have a religious vocation, what it is to be a man in the world but not of the world. And I want them to find good, solid examples like Father Christensen and um, so we have, we're really blessed here in the Rapid City Diocese to have quite a few young, strong, faithful 
priests in our midst working with the young people. But as a whole, I really do feel like the church needs this wake-up call that if we are going to increase vocations, there needs to be a call to action for this very thing. The priests, that we, we as laymen, me as a mother, personally, I hunger for that fatherhood, that spiritual fatherhood from our priests, you know, that hold me accountable to raise my kids the right way, you know, and, but that requires me to hold, I suppose, them accountable to preach what they need to preach from the pulpit. So thank you for being that voice that we can fall back on and say, hey, here's a resource for you. Here is exactly what I feel right now. So thank you, Kevin, for that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Karen. I, um, you know, I'll just, I'll just tack on to that. Uh, thank you for your eight children. My gosh, that's what the world needs right now is more kids. So thank you. I, I, I'll say what I've noticed, Karen, is, is oftentimes, and, and I'm guilty too, you join that man is you program and Exodus 90 program, which I'm doing now, or, or you have a men's group and you read about John Bosco and you read about John Vianney and you read about the church fathers and the martyrs, but here's what you don't do. You don't say, okay, it's good to learn about them. Now it is time to become them. And too often I've seen in my own diocese, I should say my former diocese of Baltimore, that, that, that there were things that were happening that were scandalous. They were absolutely scandalous within the church, at schools, all over. And, and men who I was with in these groups, very often they just did not confront it. I don't know why. It was almost like a sort of an invisible poisonous gas or a fog just kind of holding them down. And it's no longer time for that. We're in a winter time now. We, you know, we, well, I'll be candid. Again, it's time for American <laughs> candor Catholicism. We have, a, we have a Catholic president who is not looking like a Catholic. He looks like an... If he didn't have a rosary in his pocket and talk about it, you know, I, wouldn't, I would think it was not only a Catholic, but something almost, I don't want to say demonic, but something... By his voting record, something that seems very anti-Christian. So, so why a man wouldn't want to address that, or a, maybe a bishop who's implemented something that is scandalous, or maybe what Father James Martin is is sending out into the uh, stratosphere? It, it's got to be addressed, and uh, it, it is time. We're in a winter time, and we need a springtime. And strength is going to bring that springtime. Well, Kevin, thank you. The The hard ground of the winter is going to form, I think, the solid you know, core uh, of those seeds that I think should sprout in the springtime, and I, I firmly agree with you. We're going to go to a break in just a minute, and we'll come back with Kevin Wells, who is going to be the presenter at the conference, men's conference here in Rapid City on uh, March 27th, The Men We Need, um, and we'll be back more on Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. 
If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody on Real Presence Radio. This is Father Brian Christensen. I'm here with my co-host. Karen Gibis. And we're hosting Real Presence Live from sunny Black Hills of South Dakota here in Rapid City. And we're here with a special guest, Kevin Wells, uh, author, um, speaker, solid uh, husband and father. Um, and uh, welcome back to the show, Kevin. Father, thanks for having me back. You know, um, you uh, you have a great model in your life that you've written about and spoken about um, a family member, Monsignor Wells. Could you could you share what kind of an example, what kind of influence he's had on you, and what you hold up uh, in his life uh, as as an example for both priests and for Christian men? Yep. No, yes. Thanks, Father. Thank you so much for asking that. Uh, Monsignor Tom Wells was my uncle. I grew up in his shadow. He was my dad's brother. And uh, there are thousands that will tell you, Father, that, that he was one of the most powerful priests in the history of Archdiocese of Washington, for a million reasons, but I'll center just on a few. Um, he was a priest attuned to souls. He simply dove into souls. So if you were in aisle three of the grocery store and he sensed, he just sensed that you were suffering, mm-hmm. he didn't go in with a fake soul of sort of Joel Osteen smile. He went in after your soul. He wanted to bring you to Christ. Uh, if you were a man caught up in sin, or if, he, or, or if he thought you were, you know, if he heard you were cheating on your wife, et cetera, et cetera, he would say, look, you're, you're probably on a path that's going to take you to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, he was also, but he was also one of the most um, joy-filled, and, and really he was very funny. He was joy-filled because he was filled with the Eucharist. He became a priest. He joined the seminary because he knew that if he could change bread into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, he wanted to do that. So he was drawn to the priesthood because of the Eucharist. And because he adored the Blessed Sacrament every day of his life, he never took a day off from celebrating the Mass. He walked the world on fire. He was a joyful mm-hmm. priest. Uh, he had no fears, and he led countless, countless people back to the faith, 
more than a dozen to 20 men said, you're the priest today because Father, my uncle, led them to the priesthood. He just, he just was a man who, who was on fire with uh, his love for the priesthood. And, uh, and Father, I gotta, I just, I'm going to drop this on your listeners. He, he was murdered in his rectory in the year 2000. Yeah, yeah, tragic. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah. But given witness, given witness throughout his whole life, and uh, I know some of those priests that would attribute uh, their uh, calling to your uncle. Uh, for you personally, what kind of example was he for you? How did he influence your life of faith and your, your growth in your relationship with the Lord and the Church? Well, Father, he always jumped on me. I mean, if I was, <laughs> you know, if I was a little kid or if I was in high school, he'd say, what are you doing talking to your mom that way? What are you doing talking to my brother that way? This is, this is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he encouraged me often to take my prayer life more seriously, to not just mumble the rosary, but actually dive mm-hmm. into it, to focus on sort of the landscapes of each mystery. Um, he told me that if I didn't reverence the Eucharist, that I was just kind of um, shortchanging my Catholic faith. He just, he just he sized me up, he squared his shoulders, he looked me in the eye, and he led me closer to Christ. I mean, he just, there was no backing down. So so I saw how much he, he loved the faith, and that helped me love it as well. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, certainly great witnesses, strong, courageous men who are devoted, right? I mean, devotion is uh, is takes courage these days, um, and being faithful to the Church, to her teachings, to her liturgical life. Um, to the whole moral life uh, um, in Christ uh, is, is a courageous undertaking these days. Um, in this year uh, of St. Joseph, uh, could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, you mentioned it early on in, in the show here um, with regard to the year of St. Joseph and, and the model of St. Joseph as, as disciple, as faithful follower of, the, uh, of God, of one cooperating with the Holy Spirit, of one who's faithful husband and, and father. Could you can I share some of the insights that you have with regard to this year of St. Joseph? Sure, Father. I um, well, So it's funny you ask that. I'm, I'm right now uh, just started the consecration of St. Joseph's Father Callaway's book. It's my second time around. And, and I, you know, I, I, Father, I, I, I imagine you do the same. I like to practicalize things. So St. Joseph, I think, is truly, I'm not just throwing this word out there, but truly providential for today because so many of us have been orphaned. Joseph was a foster father to Jesus. He was a father. And, and many millions of Catholics are feeling orphaned today by just, by just <laughs> poor spiritual leadership. So when we turn our gaze to Joseph, we'll see that he was fearless. He was the holiest saint after Mary in the history of the Church. He was fearless in trying to lead his, his loving bride and poor little baby Jesus, whether it was off to Egypt or back to Nazareth, he just kind of kept his mouth shut and said, I'm going to be a silent witness and model. He was fearless. I love, another thing I love about Joseph is he just he stayed attuned to his dreams. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe to practicalize it, I think a lot of men in South Dakota and all over the, the country, they have these dreams like, hey, you know what? What am I going to do to be a better husband to my wife? What's my dream to be a better dad? Well, Joseph took these dreams. And he said, I'm, "I got to act. I'm going to hop, hop. Uh, I'm going to get my wife on a donkey. We're going to go to Egypt. I'm going to take Mary into my home because an angel told me in a dream." So, if we have these dreams mm-hmm. um, as men, 
oblige them. Don't just say, oh, you know what, that's for, that's for another day. I mean, it's, I guess Joseph would say, step into your dreams, just as I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, he's a great model, and you know what? Yeah, this is my second time around on the consecration, so uh, <laughs> every time I pick up the book, I'll know you're there. So uh, there's uh, good men around the country that are doing that as well. We did it as a diocese, as a priests and seminarians last year leading up to the uh, Feast of St. Joseph, and it couldn't have happened at a better time in a way because of what happened last year. Um, you know, it was that question, should we get together? It's, you know, it's, everything's shut down. Should we go to the church? And you know what we just said as priests here in the diocese? Yeah, we're getting together. We're going to consecrate ourselves before the statue of St. Joseph. We're going to be together as men and pray together. And it was a powerful, beautiful experience. So, Thank God. Yeah, no, praise God. All right, so um, you're coming here uh, at the end of March for uh, the Journeymen's Conference here in South Dakota. Um, at our Terra Sancta Retreat Center, and we're very excited. Lots of uh, promotion for that and getting a lot of traction. So people are looking forward to welcoming you here. Um, what kind of advice do you have for you know our listeners, especially our men across our listening area, for this Lenten season? What would you, what would you encourage them in this Lenten season um, to follow? Well, uh, let's give one practical walking order, and I give the same walking order to myself. Um, I think what... I'm trying to do is to size up right now in life where I'm lacking and sort of see it as a cave or a shack uh, where I'm just not getting it done. Well, I want to walk into that sort of that ineptitude of myself and and walk into the cave or shack and Mm -hmm. say, I can't fight this thing by myself. I'm going to encounter Christ in this cave. Um, whether it's, you know, just, just being slothful or, or just not loving my wife the way she deserves, and saying, Holy Spirit, lead me in this cave. So on Easter Sunday, after just encountering you, Lord, in this cave, I can come blasting out with you mm-hmm. from your own cave with a mission. And the mission was, man, I, I took in a lot over these 40 days. God, you revealed a lot through the Holy Spirit. Now I know Easter Monday, Easter Tuesday, etc., now I know how to love my wife appropriately. So I guess what I, I guess the one thing I'll encourage is um, just find the place where we're lacking. Find God in that place, in that darkness, in that winter time. Say, Jesus, come to me during this place, so on Easter Sunday I can come out alive. Yeah, yeah. As you talk to men, as you do these conferences, what are some of the areas where men are struggling to? love as they should, to be, step up as good husbands, to be the kind of fathers that God created them to be. What are they saying to you? Well, you know, Father, one of the things that I'm, that I'm hearing over and over again from some of my friends is, is, is well, this is, this is, I'll be frank, they feel attacked. They feel like they can't be men in the culture, society. They need the sort of straitjacket or uh, the men they are, because society will eat them whole if they, if they come out as they, as, as they want to as, as strong Catholic men. So they feel kind of haunted by sort of where we're heading as a culture. It's almost like, you know, um, there's, this, there's this covering, whether you want to call it, you know, Satan's, Satan's behind it. I don't know, but they're sort of covered by this, this, this fog. So, so, uh, so, so what, we, what we talk about is in that fog, just say, well, of course. Of course Satan's attacking you now, because you're trying. You're trying to be a strong Catholic man. So, so know that Satan's just doing his job by pecking at your head. Just, yeah, that's his job. It's, it's mm-hmm. to destroy me. 
I'm just going to keep my gaze on Christ, and I'm going to do as Christ would have me do, or St. Joseph would have me do, and be a man. Because, you know, let the chips fall where they may. I just need to do what Christ would have me do. Yeah, no, for sure. I think... uh... I think you, what you say is that, you know, men recognizing the pressure of the culture, right? The pressure of the culture uh, um, and, you know, this demasculization of men in the culture in general, um, this total uh, assimilation to the, the feminine. Uh, it, it's just amazing how that permeates into so many ways. And it does, as you say, I think, uh, handcuff or put men in straitjacket and kind of fearful to to act out on their their calling which i think men know in their hearts but there's a certain fear that uh, they need to face and that's only by the grace of the holy spirit so we look forward to having you kevin come to uh, rapid city and uh, to hearing more of you how can uh, people uh, get in contact with you um, what's do you have a website or something that people can go to today I do. Uh, so, uh, two things. They can go to kevinwells.org, but also I, uh, I do a podcast. We just released our first Friday podcast. It's called the One to One Podcast, and that's on worldvillages.org. It's, uh, it's, I, I do it with a very holy missionary priest who's down in Mexico. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, it's, it's substantive. So, I. I would, I would check the worldvillages.org for the podcast and also kevinwells.org. And please tell the men of Rapid City that I can't wait to get up there. I, I, uh, I, it's good to be live in concert. Father, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me. Uh, we'll be there. I'll be there. So All right. Thank well, you. I can't wait to see you. Thank you, Kevin. If you guys want more information, go to journeymensd.org. That's journeyman stands for South Dakota.org. The retreat is on March 27th at Terra Sancta. All right, well, stay tuned with us. Up next, we have one of our favorite topics, a vocation story from right around our listening area. Stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 